Stop right there. I'm in. You are? Just like that? Yeah. I, I need friends. Suicide Squadcast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. We are big fans of what DC Comics is doing on the big and the small screens, and we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining me tonight, and let's get started. My name is Tim, and we are actually in the Missing Scott formation tonight. And guys, let me tell you kind of what happened here. We were planning to record tonight together, me and Scott, and this is a Friday night. And I got a call this afternoon from my wife while I was at work, and uh, she she gave me some news. Uh, it's the kind of news you never, ever want to hear. I sent a text off to Scott and I said, look, man, definitely not going to be able to record tonight. Uh, I need to be with my wife. And, you know, he completely understood. And we tried to see if maybe we could try to do this recording on Saturday night. He was just completely unavailable. And so uh, I wasn't even really sure when we were going to be able to record this weekend. So basically got home tonight, spent some time with my wife and she's actually asleep right now. And you know what? I figured, you know, the show must go on and uh, it is time to record. And if I have to do it solo, then so be it. So guys, just wish me luck. Anyway, we want to, let's get right to it. Let's jump into the this real quick, guys. Uh, we have four reviews the last couple of weeks here uh, that we need to get out here from iTunes. And we have a winner of one of our giveaways. So let's get started. The 10th and final entry into our latest giveaway is from Reva C out of iTunes UK. And Reva's review is titled Best Show for DC Related News. Excellent. All you need to know. Great way to gain all your movie news from people that you can trust. Thank you, Reva. I appreciate you doing it. And, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of listeners out of the UK. So I'm, I'm really glad to hear from you guys. In fact, I think in this latest giveaway, we have two here. So, But the great news is you made it into the drawing here, and you were the 10th entry, and it is now time to go ahead and select a winner. So our last 10 reviews, I'm going to go ahead and read them off in order. We have Hexy San Diego, NN182, KR Quiz, Kebs, Bajada217, Hockeystar777, CB Bruno, Rooster44, Lego21Las, and Riva C. And using a random number generator from random.org, 1 to 10, our winner is is number two, which is NN182. So congratulations. And actually, NN182 is from our iTunes UK store. So congratulations. So hey, best thing you could do, go to the Amazon UK store and find a DC trade paperback, 15 US dollars or less, and uh, find out what you want. Go ahead and send me a link and I will get that off to you. So congratulations. And that leads us to our next giveaway. And let's run through the next three reviews. The first one is from Vegas Wells titled Love It. I'm a DC fanboy, but don't instantly think everything that comes out is gold. This podcast, I feel, is that way as well. They're critical when they need to be, but they also place context around stories and parts of the movies that I never thought of. I always enjoy the point of view that they bring. Oh, Vegas Well, so thank you very much. Appreciate that feedback as well. And, you know, we don't think everything is gold. We definitely love what DC is doing right now. Um, you know, we have a strong appreciation for what they've done so far with the DCEU. Yeah, it's not perfect. There's areas that they can improve, but, you know, we've, we've definitely definitely really like what they've done so far. So appreciate that you feel the same way. The next review is from Glitch After Glitch titled, Larry Gives a Squadcast Three Thumbs Up. This is honestly my favorite podcast. I love DC and everything that they do, and the past couple of years have been exhausting with everyone just hating on everything DC does. But the Suicide Squadcast has really been a breath of fresh air. It's amazing to listen to people who share the same opinions as you do. They also don't stoop down to other podcast level and hate on Marvel. There's not enough space here to list out the 
the rest of the reasons the Squadcast is the best. So thanks, guys, for all your work. Well, thank you for leaving the review. Appreciate that. And yeah, we do not hate Marvel. Uh, just want to make that very clear. You know, we do and very much enjoy the Marvel movies as well. But we really like the angle that DC's taken with the DCEU. So yeah, and that's that's what our podcast is all about. The last review here is from Camaro Addict, and it's titled Can't Get Enough. Was looking for a DC-themed podcast, and boy, was I not disappointed. My four shifts washing dishes are so much more enjoyable. The guys on the podcast are knowledgeable, and they provide insight that I wouldn't have thought of or considered. They're knowledgeable about the DC films and aren't afraid to be honest when something is sketchy. Looking forward to hearing more in the future. Well, there's definitely more coming, so you have a lot to look forward to. So guys, that is the first three entries into our next giveaway. So if you feel like we deserve it, leave us a positive written review on iTunes, and you automatically be entered into our giveaway. And we give away a DC trade paperback, $15 or less. And we do trade paperbacks because, you know, we, we want to make sure we honor and give respect to where this all began, which is the comics. So, all right, guys, uh, one other quick note. We have two other shows in our network. And so it's DC TV Squadcast with Ray and Brent. And they cover primarily the DC CW universe of shows over on CW. So guys put out a weekly show and they kind of keep you up to date on everything that's happening in the CW-verse. So give that a listen. And our other show is DC Comics Squadcast. And that's with Chris and Jordan. Those guys are doing, uh, really covering the core comics that are coming out with the DC Rebirth, especially focused in on what's going on with this Watchmen storyline and, you know, all the mystery around that. So it's a fantastic show. We'll give that one a listen as well. All right. So enough of that. It's time to kind of jump into this news. we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. And I say we as in me. <laughs> so you guys have a lot to listen to, I guess. So we need to lead off the news with some news about the Academy Award winning Suicide Squad film it has actually won an Oscar and the Oscar goes out to Alessandro Bertolazzi, Giorgio Gregorini, and Christopher Nelson. And they won an award for all their styling work that they did on all the different characters in Suicide Squad. And the actual category uh, for the Oscar that they won was an Oscar for Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Now, this is actually the first Oscar win for a DC film since The Dark Knight back in 2009. And that's where posthumously Heath Ledger won for Best Supporting Actor. And I think they also got a sound editing Oscar in that as well. So congratulations to those guys. And of course, uh, filmmaker David Ayer and uh, DC Films with Jeff Johns and John Berg and the rest of Warner Brothers. Congratulations on that. Uh, It's really cool to see, you know, despite all the negativity that we got from the critics and all that, uh, the peers within that category in the Academy. And when I say the peers, you know, the people that vote on the Oscar for Best Makeup and Hairstyling, the people that actually do the voting are the people that are makeup and hairstyling artists. And so if the peers felt like this was the best job of the year, then, I mean, that holds a ton of credibility. I I know there was a lot of uh, mixed opinions on this. There is a lot of people that felt like Star Trek should have won. And, you know, and, and all I could say on this is I don't think my opinion matters and I don't think other people's, other fans' opinions matter as much because, you know, these are the people that actually work in the industry felt like this was the best job. And, you know, you have to give a lot of weight to that. I mean, I kind of, I kind of feel like in the end, you know, we as fans and as critics and that kind of thing, you know, we, we just have lots of opinions. But I mean, when it comes to the technical experts that do this stuff, you know, I kind of value their vote and their opinions uh, a little bit more. And they feel like, you know, their peers uh, for Suicide Squad deserved it. Then I feel like that's, they rightfully won this award. So I guess that's all I'd really say. You know, I, I mean, I think, uh, I think whatever it was, it must've been very close. You know, I think the balloting must've been very close in this because, you know, I thought Star Trek, you know, I thought the, the makeup work I thought was fantastic as well. So what kind of throws me off a little bit is I don't know how much 
much of the Star Trek was actual CGI. Now, I know that was one of the things with David Ayer and company. They really wanted to stress doing practical effects with this. And so I don't know. I, I thought the costume work was just fantastic on this. And the makeup, you know, obviously Harley Quinn and Joker and El Diablo, uh, even Enchantress. I mean, they all had uh, some really kind of creative and I would say pretty daring choices that they made with the styling and the makeup as well. And so um, you, know, you can't really take anything away from that. Uh, whether you like the film or not, you know, you have to give a lot of credit to that. Uh, you know, I, I said this on Twitter, Suicide Squad for its direction and its story and its script and uh, cinematography, you know, it is not an Oscar worthy film. But I would say when it came to this category for best makeup and hairstyling, I think it certainly was. So congratulations again to those guys. And I know this is probably making a lot of people's heads explode, <laughs> but you can't take this away from them. Oh, and by the way, the collective freak out from a lot of people on the internet about Suicide Squad actually winning. I mean, the, the last thing I would say in this is I think you just need to calm down. This is not an Oscar that was given for the overall film itself or the story or the cinematography or the direction. This was a technical award and that's why they won in this category. If you just strip away all this other stuff that people had issues with with the film, technically speaking, this was a really good job uh, that they did for this category. So at any rate, you know, you knew it was going to come uh, if they won. And sure enough, it was there. <laughs> like I said, the collective freak out, whatever. Well, and the other thing I would say about this too, now, kind of an interesting fact about this is that anytime we've had, at least with modern films, anytime we've had Batman and Joker together, that film has won some sort of Oscar. So going back to Tim Burton's Batman 89 film, it was the first modern film with Batman and the Joker, and it actually won an Academy Award uh, for Anton First and Peter Young's art direction in that film. So that was the first time we actually got an Academy Award for a Batman and Joker film. Then we go back to Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight. And of course, that film won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for Heath Ledger posthumously. And it also took home an Academy Award for the Best Sound Editing. And of course, now we, again, we get yet another Joker in Suicide Squad. And this film won an award as well. So it just kind of goes to show you why, you know, these properties are just so important for Warner Brothers. There's just something about them that puts them in a good position to succeed. And, you know, and I'm really hopeful that we get a really good Batman and Joker film and some sort of type of solo film. I would love to see Jared Leto get a chance to really stretch his character and be able to do a lot more and take advantage of, you know, a lot of that stuff that he puts on film, all the improvisation and all that, and, and just trying to find just some really outstanding performances and, and really see what he can do. You know, I'm, I'm hoping we do get that. I don't know if it'll be with the next film. It's probably not going to be. You know, I, I think they, you know, I think the best way to handle Batman is to to not start off with Joker right away. You know, start off with one of the lesser villains or just, you know, a different type of story and then just kind of build up that anticipation. And I kind of feel like we've been doing it already. You know, there's a lot of anticipation with the little bit of tease that we saw in Suicide Squad with Jared Leto's Joker. But man, can you imagine if we just have another little tease in one of the next couple films and then finally have the big payoff in a Batman solo film? That would be awesome. So who knows? So hopefully we can go four for four here. Oh, and so one other thing kind of Suicide Squad related, but actually not ultimately here. Uh, Viola Davis, congratulations to Viola Davis for winning the Best Supporting Actress for her performance in Fences. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen that film, but I mean, she does a fantastic job in that film. And I'll tell you what, the other thing too is if, if you just want to watch a great acceptance speech, just watch her speech at the Academy Awards. It'll, it might possibly bring a tear to your eye. So anyway, congratulations to Viola Davis. And man, I hope we get to see another great performance from her in the Suicide Squad sequel. So one last bit of new Suicide Squad related. Now, previously when we had heard some rumors about Mel Gibson being considered to direct Suicide Squad, 
Squad 2 by Warner Brothers. And Mel Gibson had characterized any kind of discussions as kind of a first date. And so uh, he elaborated a little bit more actually at the Oscars and the red carpet. He was interviewed by Entertainment Tonight. And when I asked him about, you know, is there any kind of an update he can give on any kind of talks going on, he just responded that, man, he said, I don't know. I just met with some guys about some story points. It's not a done deal or anything, but it's just fun to shoot the bull when it comes to the stories. He loves doing it. And he said, if they can elevate any kind of concept, it's good. He said, we'll see. So he was not given much information there, but at any rate, either he's being extremely coy about the state of the discussions right now at this point, or it's probably more likely where it's really at is that they're at very, very early discussions here. So, you know, I think I voiced my concerns with Mel Gibson as a director. I have a lot of mixed feelings, a lot of personal feelings. I have a hard time kind of getting past some of the abusive language he had towards his ex-girlfriend. It's about seven years ago that it happened. I mean, if you wanted to find those, there's some tapes out there of the way he had talked to her. So not good at all. So like I said, I've, I've got a lot of problems how he acted as a person. And there's, there's, and it's not just that, there's a lot of other things throughout his life and career that he's just said a lot of things that I've had an issue with. You know, at the same time, as I said last week, he apparently is trying to be repentant about some of the things that he's done in the past, or at least all of them. And it seems like, uh, at least the way it's been characterized, there's a genuine effort to try to kind of make up for the wrongs that he's done and all that. So, you know, I'm always skeptical. I, I always kind of have the opinion that people just don't change and you are who you are. But at any rate, you know, if that's still who he is, you know, I just hope he can be his, he can act as a better person. <laughs> so as a director, I mean, I think he's fantastic. You know, he won Best Director for the film Braveheart back in 1996. And actually this past week, he won with his film Hacksaw Ridge, Best Achievement in Film Editing and also Best Achievement in Sound Mixing. So, I mean, he's he is a great director. I would be supportive. You know, I want him to do a good film if he gets chosen for Suicide Squad 2. Uh, be supportive of him. Hope he does a great job and I hope he's truly changes a person. So David Ayer sent out a tweet and uh, <laughs> I love when he does this little stuff. He did this with Suicide Squad, just started teasing little things as he was kind of ramping up with some of the writing duties and some of the early production with Suicide Squad, Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. He tweeted out a picture without comment and it was a picture of Black Mask, who of course is a really fun Batman villain. And it was a picture of Black Mask from the story arc Batman Under the Red Hood. And the fact that he actually tweeted out this picture probably means that that's who he's looking at for Gotham City Sirens. Now, Black Mask first appeared back in Batman, I think about the middle of the 1980s. And uh, he goes by the, uh, his actual name is Roman Sionis. At least that's the way I've always said it. And uh, I mean, this character has been basically interpreted as a crime lord. And and I think most recently in the New 52 and with Rebirth, uh, he's still kind of filling that role. And I think some of the, uh, basically what makes him most interesting is just, he's just the psychotic crime lord, but they've kind of added in some stuff most recently where they have his mask is able to kind of do a little bit of mind control with his gang and all that. So, you know, I, I want to save some of this conversation when I get Scott back, but uh, I think this would be a great villain to have for Gotham City Sirens. Uh, you know, it's going to be a Gotham City centric type of villain kind of helps to keep this little thread of the DCU kind of contained in that little corner of the DC universe and all that. But I mean, it, it gives the ability to bring this character in as well, which I, I think he's just going to be presented pretty phenomenally on the big screen. And uh, so I was real excited to see that David Ayer actually brought him out because I, you know, I wasn't sure where, you know, what they were going to do for Gotham City Sirens. And, and I think we're all suspecting that, you know, he's very much hinting that this is the villain that we're going to see in it. And uh, I think this actually fits perfectly. I think they could have a lot of fun with this character and especially in David Ayer's hands uh, with his sensibilities as a director. I think I think 
think he really kind of tuned into this character and just saw a lot of possibilities. All right, so I want to give you guys a little bit of an update on the merger between AT&T and Time Warner. Now, the FCC chairman, Ajit Pai, had confirmed on Tuesday that the FCC was not going to review the merger between AT&T and Time Warner. And the reason being is because they did not expect the deal to even have to come before the FCC because it doesn't involve any kind of license transfers that would trigger any kind of commission review. So it seems like everything's kind of still on track. Now, you know, I've recently, with my company, gone through a merger, and it took a whole year and a half for that to happen. And so these things do take take time. And there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, legal things that kind of have to happen behind the scenes before they can finally close a deal. Um, one of them being the federal review of the merger. So anyway, that's just a quick update. Wanted to give you that. But you know, we have a lot more fun stuff to talk about than mergers. And let's go ahead and start off with news surrounding the next movie uh, that we have coming up, which of course is Wonder Woman. Now we had Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman gracing the cover of the April edition of Empire Magazine and a fantastic picture. It shows Wonder Woman kind of in her classic pose, crossing her forearms uh, to, you know, either deflect bullets or whatever might be coming her way. There's just a lot of little tidbits in here, but we got to see a lot of the images that came out in this magazine. And uh, I just want to go through and talk about a few of them first. Uh, we got to see some concept art, and this is the one where it shows Diana in that kind of like that little cowl that she wears. It was like, it looked like that first image we actually saw of Gal Gadot's one moment for this film. And it looked like she was coming up out of a, it would look to be like a foxhole. So really cool. I love, uh, I love seeing in the concept art, you know, to kind of see where all this vision really kind of started to come about. We also see Diana and Steve walking through London streets, and you can see that she's actually wearing the Wonder Woman costume, and it looks like, at least in this concept art, it looks like Steve Trevor is trying to keep her a little bit covered up so people don't see the strange costume, and it seems that, at least in this image, it looks like uh, Diana doesn't necessarily care to try to keep herself covered up. So, interesting to see if this one actually fits into the film. But then we got to see an image of Danny Houston, and uh, like little caption to this image actually actually refers to him as General Ludendorff. And he's standing next to Elena Anaya, who we had speculated before was Dr. Poison, and in fact is, is listed here as a Dr. Poison. So I guess what's a little interesting about this with Danny Houston is in the past we had speculated that maybe he was Ares. So it looks like somebody else is probably going to be playing that role, but at least at least in what's being presented right now, it looks like he's some kind of general of some sort. We also got a nice image of Diana, uh, what looks to be grabbing that uh, so-called godkiller sword over in Themyscira. We have another image of her with uh, Connie Nielsen who's playing Hippolyta. It looks like they're standing before what I'm guessing here is Steve Trevor out in the crowd uh, with the audience. There's some more behind-the-scenes images here. Uh, it shows director Patty Jenkins uh, giving some direction to Gal Gadot to, which looks to be a scene where she's actually holding some, what I would assume is some very heavy object up above her head. It's all green screen work. And then we just have a great image of Diana actually in a foxhole, all dressed up in her Wonder Woman costume here. And she just looks fantastic. And then another another image of her out in front uh, leading a pack of soldiers on horseback and uh, it's, it looks like something we'd actually seen in one of the previous videos so a lot of great new images uh, I would encourage you guys to go pick up the magazine there's just a few little things that I'll run through little tidbits if you actually read the article one of them being that uh, Gal had actually revealed that she actually did not know that she was going to be starring in her own Wonder Woman film until she got to the very end of filming Batman v Superman and to quote her she said she thought that they were still auditioning her 
while she was actually doing the movie. It was also revealed here that when Patty Jenkins first had agreed to be the filmmaker for Wonder Woman, she was a bit apprehensive about having the, her leading lady actually already cast for her in this film, but that she actually did quickly fall in love with Gal Gadot. So to quote her, she says, I don't know that I ever would have thought to look all over the world, but thank God they did, and thank God it's her. So giving a lot of praise to Gal Gadot. It was also revealed that Gal was one of five finalists for the role, and that kind of behind the scenes, Deborah Snyder said that every single department was really pulling for Gal to do well during her chemistry test with Ben Affleck because they really all loved what they were seeing with Gal Gadot. So uh, they guess they had a little bit of personal favorite. So just a few more tidbits there. So, you know, the more and more I see this film, I'm just like getting so pumped up. I mean, I can't even tell you how much, how excited I am for this. My wife is super excited as well. And, and my daughter, she's seven years old and she keeps asking, you know, when's the Wonder Woman film going to come out? And, you know, I tell her it's coming out soon, but I'm like, oh, I don't know if she's going to be able to watch it or not. You know, I, I, I just don't, I don't know if it's going to be, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be appropriate for her age yet or not, but you know what? Even Batman v Superman, like, like I've, I've let her watch some of it <laughs> because there's so much of it that's so fun. And, uh, you know, there's obviously some other parts I leave out, but you know, um, I just, she's, she's just so excited for the film and, you know, I can't wait if it's, if it's not this year, it's going to be, you know, within a year or two, like, I just can't wait to sit down and just fully watch this film with her. So just as a reminder, everyone, this film is coming out June 2nd. So make sure you're ready. I plan on being there premiere night and we have a bunch of reviews planned. Uh, we're going to be doing, and we explained this last week, we're going to be doing a full Squadcast Network review with all six hosts. But, you know, that's that's a little bit too much manpower. So we are going to actually bring in Rebecca Johnson and we're going to have a second review with Scott and I and Rebecca. And we may bring in a fourth person. We're, we're still trying to figure out if that's if that's what we're going to be able to do. But man, I just cannot wait. Cannot wait, guys. So another little bit of Wonder Woman news here. We have a junior novel that is going to be coming out on May 30th. And I think it's just titled Wonder Woman, the junior novel, but it is actually going to be a tie-in to the movie. And uh, it's, it's really kind of targeted for like the six to 10 year olds. So at any rate, you know, I'm going to be buying that for my daughter and uh, she doesn't know it's coming yet, but I can't wait to just kind of spring that on her. So yeah, like I said, that's coming out May 30th. So right around the corner. So keep an eye out for that. So moving on, uh, Gall and Patty Jenkins exchanged some pleasantries online, just kind of really, you know, kind of spreading some ad for admiration for each other. And first kind of started off with Gal Gadot actually posting on Facebook. And she had some pictures of her and director Patty Jenkins. And she said, you know, in her message, uh, damn, I love this woman. Patty Jenkins, you're my sister soul, the best partner to the unique, crazy, mind-blowing, amazing Wonder Woman journey. And the woman I share so much with woke up missing you. Can't wait to travel the world with you and share our work with everyone. And a bunch of hearts and I guess hugs anyway. So really cool. And Patty Jenkins responded back on Twitter. She says, oh, I love this and Gal Gadot so much. The top photo kills her. And it was actually a photo of, I'm not exactly sure what was going on. I think it looked like she was trying to brush her dog's teeth. Oh, and then she actually says here that was them trying to get something unstuck from her dog's back teeth. So anyway, I think they're going to have a lot of fun, especially when they go to do the press tour on this. It's going to be a lot of fun to just see those two because it's about damn time, quite honestly. All right, so I got to move on and talk about this. So Zack Snyder tweeted out this past Wednesday on his 51st birthday, about nine seconds of footage of, it looks to be some of the completed visual effects or maybe in process visual effects but it, at any rate none of that's important it shows a picture of Jason Momoa or at least a scene of Jason Momoa swimming through the water which looks to be I'm, I can only guess like the ruins of something to do with Atlantis and you can see him really gracefully kind of swimming through the water and coming up to what looks to be like a statue and it looks to be a statue with some kind of I don't know if it's wings or some kind of fins on it but uh, there's a lot of speculation going around but you know we're guessing that maybe it's beside 
Biden or something like that. But man, I tell you what, they nailed these special effects so well. Obviously, that looks to be, I would guess, the majority of that is actually Jason Momoa, but they, the way they had his hair, it's in a ponytail. The effects of it kind of flowing through the water look fantastic. You've got the bubbles kind of like coming off of his body behind him. And the way he kind of gracefully just kind of sinuously just kind of swims up and comes up to a, a kind of a face-to-face stop with that statue. So it this looks great. I, I think they completely nailed the special effects on this. And uh, it's got, you know, it's got the kind of right amount of lighting coming in through from up above. And, you know, it, this is just typical Zack Snyder. I mean, Zack Snyder, uh, the direction he gives and his visual effects team, man, these guys just, these guys have nailed everything that they've ever wanted to do, it seems like. So I was really curious to see what this underwater, you know, special effect was going to be. And if it's going to be like this, man, I hope director James Wan is taking notes as well. Because, <laughs> I mean, this is a great starting point. So who knows? Who knows what the scene is? But man, Zax, thank you on your birthday for working your ass off and uh, giving us a little bit. You know, just something like this. I kind of feel like, you know, you, if you give us just a few things like this, I don't need to see so many trailers. You know, it's like, you know, I'm just dying to see footage. I'm dying to see something more than that little Comic-Con sizzle reel that we got. You know, of course, we have a trailer coming up soon. And uh, usually these things lead right up to that. But man, I tell you what, if I just got little scenes like this, you know, this would be enough to kind of get me by and make it to the film. But, you know, I still want to see that trailer. But we're patient. We're patient, man. We're, we'll kind of do it on you and the marketing team's terms. And oh, man, just cannot wait. Cannot wait to see this. I mean, you guys nailed it. So we're going to move on to a little bit about uh, Superman and Green Lantern. Now, Green Lantern has been popping up in the news this past week through some lots of rumors going around. Nothing confirmed about, uh, you know, whether or not Green Lantern is going to be in Justice League. I mean, I think we kind of suspect we'll we'll see a Green Lantern of some sort in Justice League. There's been a couple of rumors that have gone around uh, that sound really cool to me about who that Green Lantern might be. Uh, and I think they kind of make sense. I'm not going to reveal them here. But we've had some rumors this past week about Trevante Rhodes, who actually was a star in the Academy Award winning film for Best Picture, Moonlight, being cast as one of the Green Lanterns. Uh, we assume John Stewart. Uh, now, would we take Trevante Rhodes? Absolutely. You know, and I think this is just, you know, speculation going around because obviously Moonlight's in the news right now because of the, the big victory of theirs. Now, that's been kind of going around. So there's just a lot of buzz going on with Green Lantern. And so, of course, Henry Cavill just kind of had to jump into it. And I don't know. I don't know if he's he's trolling the fans. And I, I don't really necessarily expect that he would want to troll the fans, but certainly kind of dropping more hints about Green Lantern. And uh, the first one came about on Instagram. He posted an image of his dog looking out over a balcony, kind of, and it looks like down into an area just with some trees and all that. And he titled it Cal Looking for Hell. And Cal is actually his dog's name. And so, you know, obviously um, a little allusion there to Green Lantern. And then, of course, to add fuel to the fire, uh, we actually had Army Hammer had actually liked that Instagram photo. And uh, of course, you know, there's just a lot of uh, fan speculation about maybe Army Army Hammer being uh, Green Lantern. So that just kind of added more fuel to the fire. And then to just kind of turn it up to a 10, Henry Cavill posted another image. And this was an actual kind of a selfie photo of him standing in front of a storefront. And you could see in the background, you see a statue or a costume on some kind of statue of Hal Jordan's Green Lantern. And he titled this one, Other Cal Looking for Hell. So, you know, is Henry Cavill just trolling the fans here? Uh, probably. I think he can get away with it. I mean, I think, you know, you, you kind of have a fine line when you troll the fans a little too much. But I think in this case, it's not like he's trolling about him taking on a role that he's not even up for or anything like that. I mean, this is just kind of him acknowledging or just, you know, in tune with the idea that the fans are just like really waiting to hear some kind of news, especially when it comes to the Green Lantern. You know, it's, it's the big mystery. You know, is he going to be the seventh uh, 
Justice League member or not. So at any rate, I think he's having a lot of fun with it. But I mean, I think the fact that him and Army Hammer are kind of toying around with teasing Green Lantern, it kind of makes me think that, at least in Army Hammer's case, that he is not Green Lantern. Because I kind of feel like, you know, it's not their job to do the reveal. Like that's going to occur, you know, either by the marketing team or the filmmakers or, you know, the studio. Like it seems like they would want to be the one to reveal that at, at their time of choosing. So uh, I, I think at this point, it's just kind of having a little bit of fun with the fans. But either way, I mean, it's still a lot of fun. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're, we got a little bit of time to kill before Wonder Woman comes up. So uh, just keep it up. I, I, I have a little fun with it. Oh, but there was one last uh, little thing when it came to Army Hammer. A fan was asking him on Twitter, and he says, are you Hal Jordan or not? And Army Hammer responded back, and he had with an asterisk, start sweating, and then he just said, um... So who knows if he's Green Lantern or not? I My guess he's probably not, but who knows? I don't know. You know, I think it'd be an awful lot of fun to see him as Hal Jordan. But either way, I mean, if he does show up, uh, I just hope we get to see the one scene where we have a confrontation between Batman and Hal Jordan. I've always loved the idea that <laughs> Batman always had a little bit of a problem with Hal Jordan. And in fact, I just hope we see the one scene that we actually saw with DC New 52 Justice League, where we actually had Batman slip off the ring off of Hal Jordan's hand. I'd love to see that scene. So I mentioned just a short while ago about Trevante Rhodes uh, being rumored for Green Lantern. I want to elaborate on it a little bit more. So Josh Horowitz, who is like an MTV correspondent, had actually talked to Trevante at the Oscars. And backstage, I guess he, well, we'll just put it in, in Horowitz's words. He said he talked to him about Green Lantern last night. And Horowitz said that Trevante's response was curious. And that's all he'd really say at that point. So just kind of like makes it sound like he didn't deny it, didn't say yes, but whatever he did kind of made him think that his response was curious. So I don't know. Uh, I, I think uh, I think Trevante would be fantastic for this role. So who knows? You know, maybe we'll, you know, we probably wouldn't see him if he did get cast. We probably wouldn't see him in anything until maybe a little bit further down the road when, you know, who knows when we would actually see him if he was cast. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think we, I, I think we tend to think that he's probably not going to be in Justice League, that it would be in some film after that. So uh, at this point in time, we don't know exactly what the next, uh, the main thread line of the DCEU film is going to be. You know, we've got uh, some of the, probably the more Batman-centric films that are going to be coming out, like Gotham City Sirens, and we, you know, we had just talked about the Nightwing film as well, so I, I don't know if those would be good fits for a Green Lantern to make its first appearance, but, you know, I think we will see some Green Lantern in Justice League, but I, I don't know that we're going to see Jon Stewart just yet, but, you know, it might not be until, like, say, a Flash movie or something uh, a little bit after that, but yeah, Trevante Rhodes, yeah, I'd definitely like to see him play that role. Alright, so I do want to give a little bit of update of about some DC TV. Now, at a recent press event over in Burbank at CW's headquarters, executive producer Andrew Kreisberg had talked about the so-called four-way crossover that they had between the CW shows, but wasn't really a, a four-way crossover. It was really a three-way crossover with a, a very brief cameo on Supergirl. So he said that they wanted to, to rectify that next year and that they're hoping to do a true four-way crossover. And then the biggest problem that they had this year was that Supergirl was so recently added to the lineup that they really didn't have the time that they needed to incorporate all of the Supergirl actors into the crossover event. But now that Supergirl's fully in the fold, they expect that they're going to be able to do that next year. So I think that would be good. I know that was one of Brent Clark's and Ray's biggest criticisms over on DC TV Squadcast is, you know, they really wanted a true four-way crossover. And, and uh, you know, and I think if you kind of look at what they had to do, I mean, there was a lot going on. They were moving networks. They were moving, you know, they had to deal with actors. They had to relocate to a different place where they actually 
film and all that. So there was definitely a lot going on. They didn't really have all the, you know, the writing teams talking to each other. So uh, the fact that they at least had a little bit of a crossover, I think was good, uh, certainly with Supergirl on the other shows. But man, can you imagine a, like a three night crossover? Because I, th- you know, I would expect we'll probably still have two shows in one night next year as well. But uh, yeah, four show crossover would be really awesome for next year. So so that's good news. I think that's I think that's a, a really good idea because I mean, it was such that was such a fun crossover event this year. Now moving on to a little bit of Arrow talk. Now, Stephen Amell talked a little bit about the possible romance between him and the new Black Canary. And I don't know if you guys have been watching the show. I know there was a lot of people that really liked Katie Cassidy's Black Canary. I, you know, I've said it before. I liked the Black Canary, but I was never in love with her Black Canary. And I have to say, I really like the new Black Canary that they have on the show. I, I just kind of feel like as an actress, and I and I cannot remember the, the actress's name right now, so forgive me for that. But I really feel like she fits the part pretty well so far. She's just got a lot more convincing kind of toughness that I was expecting to see with Black Canary. And that was always my biggest problem with Katie Cassidy's Black Canary, because I, I never really quite bought into the idea that, you know, she went from being this legal aid office lawyer to suddenly being a very skilled fighter. Uh, that was my, my biggest problem with that. So I like the idea that they bring somebody in that I think physically feels a lot more like a Black Canary to me. So uh, I really enjoyed what they've done so far. Of course, we had the big twist this past week. Uh, I won't reveal what that was, but, you know, and as I've said before, I, I've liked the show almost across the board. I think, I feel like every episode has been really strong. Uh, it's been a really strong season for me. So I'm definitely enjoying this season and uh, I can't wait to see where this goes because I, I feel like they could have a chance for a real relationship to kind of gradually grow between Oliver and Dinah Drake, who is the new Black Canary. And, you know, give this chance to develop it. It wasn't like, you know, when we saw Oliver Queen and Dinah Laurel Lance, you know, at the beginning of the first season of Arrow, you know, they had this long relationship that, you know, we were just kind of walking into. And of course, they were at odds with each other because of, you know, Oliver sleeping with her sister and all that. So anyway, I kind of feel like this will be a lot more natural way to kind of form that relationship. So I, I, I hope I hope the fans that had a real hard time with what had happened to Katie Cassie's Black Canary, I hope they give this one a chance because I, I feel like this one has a lot more potential to be, I, I think, to feel a lot more genuine to what we have known and expect from the source material. Okay, guys. Well, I just want to go ahead and wrap this one up. I apologize. This isn't quite the episode I want to give to you guys this today. Uh, I know Scott and I were going to be pretty excited to talk about the stuff we did. I, I think we'll have to try to continue this conversation next week. It's been kind of an emotional day for me and my family and all that, but uh, you know, I definitely wanted to get something out to you guys, and this is good therapy for me. So, at any rate, uh, I'm going to go ahead and call this episode to a close. So, just a reminder, you guys, go check out our other two shows, DC TV Squadcast and DC Comics Squadcast. And also, if you feel like we deserve it, leave us a positive written review on iTunes, and you automatically get entered into our contest, our little giveaway. So, go ahead and do that. We always appreciate all the feedback. And of course, if you ever want to reach out to us, you can reach me on Twitter at Alan Fire. You can reach the show at Suicide Squadcast. My intrepid host, who is not here because of me, you can reach him on Twitter at ScottDC27. And uh, if you want to reach out to us through email, you can hit us up at SuicideSquadcast at gmail.com. You know, we try to answer all tweets and emails. We love interacting with you guys. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of fun with it. Uh, you know, we, we tend to prefer Twitter because it's, you know, like we said before, we're busy guys. Uh, 140 characters is perfect. It allows us to have quick communication back and forth. So we always appreciate that. Uh, also, guys, we have a website. It's www.suicidesquadcast.com. And if you go to that uh, front page, there's a couple different options. You can go check out uh, the episodes for all the different shows. Uh, there's also a page that you can go to, the slash news page. And, and on that, what we've been doing is just kind of experimenting with trying to just link you guys to the source articles on all the big events that happen, uh, especially 
especially when it comes to DC films. So you can go check that out. Uh, there's a YouTube page, I believe, still out there. You know, Chris, I don't know if you're still posting stuff out there, but I've been talking about it. And we also have a Facebook page, and we've decided to combine all of our Facebook pages into one. So, uh, so guys, there's a lot of places to find us. So spread the word. Get out there and check us out. We're not we're not everywhere, but we're somewhere, <laughs> somewhere where you can find us. So as always, guys, we you know we appreciate the the good word you put out for our shows and all that out to you know the other fans in the community and all that. We appreciate you doing that and helping us to grow as a show and continue to grow as a show. So, but that's it, guys. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and call this one a night, and I uh, just want to make sure you guys just know how much we appreciate you. And as always, we would recommend you always go back to what started it all, which is go back and read some DC comics. I hope you guys have a great night. See you later. You know, this is our 91st episode and we've been doing it since day one. There's been a lot of things lately that have just really been quite honestly worthy of this little segment that they, we do each week. And, you know, it's just a target rich environment right now. In every single case up to this point, it's all in jest and we just have a lot of fun with it. But with this episode, of all the things I could possibly blow up this week, all I want to say to cancer is go f*** yourself. <laughs>